you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. The Around the League podcast is all about that moolah. Welcome to another edition of the Around the League podcast. I'm Greg Rosenthal, and I'm joined by a couple of heroes, Mark Sessler and Chris Wesseling. What's happening? Hey, Greg. Friday afternoon, a couple of games tonight. Had a game last night. We are in the thick of it. I feel good. Mark feels good. We both came in. A little late. I was. I've been on edge for these last couple podcasts. Not on edge, but a little. You've needed some coffee. I've needed some coffee, some sleep. Why? Well, what going on? It, let's get beyond the surface, underlying uh, the mood. What's at? What's getting to you? What's the issue in your life? Well, I I think preseason week three, the grind. Okay, yeah, it's it's training camp for all of us. We're busy. There's a lot going on this year. We're we're hiring someone. There's just there's a lot, and. The first week of the preseason, everyone's back. Oh, yeah, this is great. Wow, it's football again. The second week of the preseason, for a second, I convinced myself I actually liked the preseason. And by, <laughs> what? And by now, I hate it. I want it to end. The preseason's terrible. Bring on the season. I'm done with it. That's what is that watch, fair? That's, that's what fair watching fair. the Steelers will do to you. <laughs> it is done after week three, so we're very close. Right. I mean, forget week we're four. We're there, but we're going to be here late tonight. We'll be here late tomorrow, and I'll just be happy, you know, to move on to the games. That's what we love, the real stuff. Yeah, I do remember at one point I was married at one point. Um, I still am technically. <laughs> haven't seen the wife in, like, weeks. Have two children somewhere. That's where we're at. That's what I'm saying. So we've got a big show today. A surprise. We're going to do our fantasy football spectacular today. little change of plans. We wanted to get it out there before a lot of you draft this weekend and early next week. Of course, Chris and I used to work in fantasy at Roto-World, so we know that most popular two weekends of the year for drafts this weekend and next weekend. Fantasy, fantasy, football, uh. fantasy. Well, you're kind of out of luck <laughs> if you don't take advantage of it then, right? Well, you could always do it a couple days before the season starts, like that last half week. Oh, and a lot of people draft early, which never made a lot of sense. Doesn't no. make any no, sense. Seems... So let's let's get into it. Why don't we uh, do a little bit of news, and then we're going to go through all the fantasy positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. 
and uh, with us, as always, TD, what's going on? What's going on, guys? What did you do this? I'm ready for fantasy season, so uh, <laughs> do you play? Go. Do you even play fantasy? I do, actually. I'm in the uh, fantasy football league with the NFL Fantasy Live producers. I've mm. been in that league for three seasons now. I've won two titles. Wow. Really? Yeah, that going, surprises me. Is for it? A Why are we hosting this show? Well, because well, you I'm can chime fa- in. I'm not a fantasy advice guy. Well, I'll chime in here and there. I'm not an advice guy per se. I'm all going for the gut, going for you know, going off your gut. I like, like almost like, like the Fantasy like live guys aren't very good at their jobs. <laughs> that was my most common, you know, piece of wisdom re- responding to readers and stuff was go with your gut. Go with your gut. It's your man. team. It's yeah. not my team. That's the fun in it. You, you know? can't, you know, you can complain to me when you pick the guys we like, but I don't really care. I stopped giving advice on Twitter when uh, I realized that every time I would just say, go with your gut. Yeah, that's fair. Today will be the first day I give advice on the fantasy (laughs) realm. Looking forward to it. First, though, we'll do a little bit of news. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, of course, that's that being Ludacris' song, What's Your Fantasy? Ah, of course. I prefer roll out. Of course. Uh, we got to start with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and, and we're going to start with something that happened a few hours before the team flight to Philadelphia was about to take off. Le'Veon Bell and his running backfield mate, LeGarrette Blunt, were pulled over by the police who saw a vehicle going by with a strong smell of marijuana coming out the window, apparently. I guess that's how it happens. It was like a Cheech and Chong episode. <laughs> And they they pulled him over, and according to the police report, uh, Bell initially said that they had just smoked a couple minutes before, um, and then they all admitted to having smoked, and there was some marijuana in the car, but they said it had been two hours before, and Bell said, I didn't know that you could get a DUI for smoking and driving, but <laughs> but you can, and he was charged with it ultimately. And Blunt was charged with marijuana possession. They winded up playing in uh, Thursday night's game, which we'll get to in a second. But do you have any big takeaways from the, the two Steelers running mates getting arrested? Uh, I thought NFL media's Marcus Grant won the mm. Twitter joke off for this one. <laughs> there were he, a lot of he jokes. He is one of our fantasy writers, and he said, uh, this is not what we had in mind when we advised handcuffing LeGarrette Blunt to – Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> Fair. That's excellent. Cra- I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I guess we'll wait to see if the league does something. I would assume they'll do very little. Why is that? I don't know. It's the Steelers. It's going to put them in. Oh, stop. <laughs> Mark, Mark, the Browns fan, thinks there's some conspiracy to help the Steelers out. They, they suspended Maybe Josh ben Roethlis- Gordon can take each of their two games. This happened to Dwayne Bowe last November, and they didn't suspend I, I him until more, nearly a year it's later. It's more of that, to be serious. I just think the time frame, right. it's not going to be an immediate reaction. They have to wait for the legal process to play out. It, you would think it maybe would go a little quicker since both um, players admitted that uh, to what they were charged with to the cops. So I don't know if it'll go through quickly, but the legal process will have to play out. Lawyers will get involved, and maybe they're not even suspended this season. Just get the arbiter that's involved in the Gordon case, and we should find out sometime may, what March 2017. <laughs> right, <That's, laughs> We'll find out. So does this this news change your, uh, the Steelers' heat for the team of ATL at all? I know he's, you've been a big supporter for them. Why would that bother me? Well, here's what well, bothers me. Well, because what if they're missing their two running backs? They only have one other running back on the roster that's ever carried the ball in his we career. Can, said, you, can you name that man? Uh, hold on. <laughs> Tarn Poole? No. Oh. It's uh, their 
fullback who has two carries. Johnson. Will Johnson? Will Johnson. Here's the concern why there there is some ATL heat on this, and I, I think it's not because of what the league does, which could take until next year. Who knows? But when they tried to interview LeGarrette Blunt later in the day when he got to the stadium last night, he shielded his face with a Louis Vuitton bag. Mm. You're mm. out. We don't we don't pick teams where players are walking around with Louis Vuitton bags. I, that would eliminate a lot of teams. Probably. I have no answer for that. That's a fa- very fair point. <laughs> That's on my radar. Well, Mike Tomlin was it like a purse? What what is a bag? A man carrying a bag. I don't know what a kind of a bag it was. I'm assuming it was well, a male version. I of a carry purse. a backpack into work every day. Well, it wasn't I used a, to carry a satchel. It wasn't a Louis Vuitton camping backpack. Okay. It my, was a man bag. My favorite team. Um, is run by a Hall of Fame quarterback who, you know, endorses Uggs and definitely has some man bags. So I'm not going to judge on that. You know what I'm I mean, saying? It's also been I the five Super judging Bowls. the hell out of LeGarrette Blunt right now. All right, now. well, they they played on Thursday night, and Chris and Mark, you guys were both watching that game. Uh, Bell and Blunt did not really play that well. The offensive line sounds like they struggled. Mike Tomlin basically thought it would be rewarding the two of them by keeping them out of a preseason game, so they had to play. Do any worry about the Steelers' offense? Well, they looked horrible, but I it's preseason, and I feel like they have talent, so I won't put too much into this game. I think it's all, oh, the Steelers melted on both sides of the ball. I'm with Wes. I hmm. am not concerned at all. I think the Eagles' defense is has played well in a couple preseason games. They've looked better than I thought they did at last season. That's more on my radar than than you can't you're not going to if you do no scheming for a game and then you're suddenly facing LaShawn McCoy and Chip Kelly's offense. It's probably not going to be a whole lot of fun. Yeah, they didn't scheme, and then I, the whole team looked like they were in the car with Bell and Blunt. <laughs> Is there any chance that we're underrating the Eagles a little bit? They were a team I really loved going into last year. Picked them to win the division, and I and I just. They're just such a fun team to get behind. And now it's like the year later. And for some reason, I'm not as excited about them. But I I was thinking last night, maybe I should be. Maybe they're going to be a top three or four team. I think there's a chance you know we're what underrating I mean? them. Yes, I there's a chance. I put them high in my power rankings, have them winning the East, and cited them as a team of ATL candidate a couple months ago. So for yeah. myself, I have not underrated them. Yeah, I, I guess I'm talking – I'm asking the question to myself. I'm beginning to think – and it's not because of the preseason game. I just was thinking about a lot of times I base predictions off the divisions, and that division's terrible. So maybe yep. maybe they'll roll up a lot of wins and, and be a team that could get a bye. Especially after you boldly, and you were, you were alone in this in a room, picking them to win the East when so many people thought last year that wouldn't happen. I'm surprised you're not well, riding I'm, that to a two-year well, road. I, I can still change my mind. We haven't put things on paper right. yet. Chip Kelly. Uh, Genius. You know, He's a genius. Dan's not here to disparage him. Dan Hansis, of course, our host, which I, I miss badly. I really miss not being the host at this point. Dan's child is already not buying into the Chip <laughs> Kelly experience. All, all these articles that you read about Chip Kelly, you know, Chris Brown on Grantland had a great one, and Field Yates had a good one on ESPN.com. I just started thinking, like, maybe he really is a genius. He is. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Nick, he's got to dominate with all these methods on defense, on offense, the Nick, Nick Foles was on pace for 360 yards at halftime last night, and he was throwing the balls over his receiver's head at their feet wide. Did not look good at all and had 179 yards at halftime. That's how good Chip Kelly's offense is. To me, that's the story of Nick Foles' 2013 season. Never as impressive when you watch the games 
as when you looked at the box scores. Well, and, and as a as a one B to that example, Mark Sanchez lo- suddenly looks like he right. should be a starting quarterback watch again in out, the NFL. Watch out, Matt McGloin. Mark Sanchez gunning for preseason MVP. Yeah. Chris, of course, is uh, alluding to the first ever preseason MVP award, uh, which we'll be giving out on Around the League on the site, and, and we'll talk about it on the podcast. Matt McGloin is my favorite right now for the award because he made the the Michael Jordan shoulder shrug from the NBA Finals after he threw a game-winning touchdown. <laughs> In the Not preseason. Like that. That's big. You have to respect <laughs> that, TD, right? In that's, the preseason. I mean, that's, that's the way to do it, you know? MJ shrug. I mean, but, MJ but, shrug. but just the, the cojones on Matt McGloin <laughs> to do that, I, I just loved it. And and I TD, think, you're a body language expert. That must have thrilled you. I like Matt McGloin. He seems – <laughs> It reminds me of a you know Bruce Gerkowski type of backup that you know they come in with energy they're ready to go. That but, has uh, to be damning with faint praise there. <laughs> that has to be the biggest uh, range of body language between starter and number three quarterback in the NFL. Shab's got about the worst body body like, language. Great. Shab does mm. not inspire any confidence. It just gets at all. better as you go down the depth chart. Research project for you. See if there is any connection um, between. Um, Male onset pattern baldness among quarterbacks and good body language because Shab, <laughs> Shab, I think that gets in his head. I, I mean, know. I mean, crying out loud, a guy with you know <laughs> shaky hair is not you know. If, if, right, if you're you the go, quarterback. Yeah, no, I know. I'm saying if you go all ball like West does, like you know, to shave boss. it off like MJ, that's boss. Yeah, but if you're out there struggling <laughs> and no, we can, your teammates can see you're struggling. We don't really know about you. Your beard is weird. Your stash <laughs> you know? is trash. Oh, my gosh. Uh, let's move on. Our final news item, and then we'll get to the fantasy preview. Dean Blandino was on NFL Total Access after Thursday night's game, and he was clear that he expects penalties to go down when the regular season starts. The numbers have been staggering. They've gone from an average of 14 a game to 23 per game. He thinks it'll back up in the regular season. Do we trust that? We need TD to throw in a hallelujah drop after that. <laughs> well, let's see. It. Let's see if it actually happens. I, I don't know. We've talked about this. We, we yeah. believe it will go down. Okay. The NFL isn't stupid. They know it's not entertaining. A game. lot of times when you watch a game and everyone gets into a frenzy, like last year, oh, there's so many more injuries. And the end, then a study comes out and says, actually, it's exactly the same. That's how <laughs> I felt watching these games. And then the, actually the numbers over the, the course games are three, longer. They're outrageous. And I think that the NFL is smart enough to not sabotage the product by what we're seeing right now. Yeah, he sent a message to all the officials watching. I'm sure he's sending them, you know more officially as well in memo. I guess the, the edict will be you better back it off when the, the games start. And the key words to me was he said, I, we don't want to slow down the sport. So they know. So hopefully it's not going to happen because it's preseasons. It's been tough to watch. Well, I think you have no trust that even a solid defensive play or what would have been in the past a solid defensive play isn't going to sustain a drive with a flag over and over. We're looking at court. Oh, you can say, oh, Johnny Manziel had a 16-play scoring march <laughs> right. only because of the flags on that on that drive. Yeah, they have four rules of emphasis this year. That's more than ever before. That's part of the reason all these flags are popping up. One of them is actually offensive. Offensive pass interference is one of the rules of emphasis, and those have been called We've a lot seen more, a few, yeah. too, in the preseason. So hopefully that changes when this – Terrible preseason ends. All right, that, that's enough news. We got to get to the big stuff, the fantasy preview. We've been talking up this show since uh, Jack Hansis was just a figment in Dan's imagination. You know what I mean? For months we've <laughs> been do. talking this up. So let's get right down to it. We won't be too formal, but let's go through each position, position by position, starting with the quarterbacks. 
And what I'm going to do, you guys can tell me if uh, this is okay. I'm going to go through some of the average draft positions, and we'll just kick it around. Who seems too high? Who seems too low? Maybe we'll throw some sleepers out there during the show. So let's start. At quarterback, getting taken in the first round this year, Peyton Manning, number nine overall. You normally don't see quarterbacks go any higher than that. That's about the limit. Drew Brees is the number two quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, number three, also in the second round. Then a big drop-off to number four, Matthew Stafford, and number five, Andrew Luck, in the fourth and fifth rounds. Any any thoughts out of that top five group? What stands out? Uh, I'm surprised Drew Brees isn't number one. I guess I shouldn't be surprised since the fantasy industry insists that 2013 stats control everything. <laughs> um, Drew Brees, I feel like, is going to have a career year and probably shatter some of Peyton Manning's records this year. I would draft him uh, over Peyton Manning. Yeah, it seems like the fantasy world in general looks back as much as they look forward on some of these. Mm. But for, it's I, a problem. I, what about Aaron Rodgers? I would take up there with those guys too. But I, you know, the one, two, and three, four situation here, you can't go wrong. Yeah, but there's a big drop off to Stafford, which makes sense to me. But I, I was a little surprised that Stafford was such a solid number four, a round ahead or half a round ahead of Luck, a round and a half ahead of Tom Brady. You know, two rounds ahead of Matt Ryan. I don't. I don't like Stafford in fantasy any better than those three guys behind him. Tom Brady is the one name on this list that jumps off the page to me. Right. He's being drafted at the beginning of the sixth round, two rounds after Matthew Stafford, five rounds after after Peyton Manning. He's got better weapons this year than right. last year by far. He's, Tom Brady's going to bounce back and have a big year. Isn't that again people looking back at it, and, and the offseason narrative of he's he's done basically? It's absolutely a problem in fantasy football. People draft last year's stats and expect them to happen again this year. And you know what I always like to do when I was, you know, doing my fantasy research when we were putting our rankings and everything together at Roto World was I would I would like to look at what they were ranked coming into the season in previous years. And so just a couple of years ago. Tom Brady, or just last year, Tom Brady was taken wildly high, and yet there's no good weapons around him. And what has really changed about Tom Brady for all the people that would have taken him in the top 25 last year, top 30, it's better this year. It's better. I'd rather have him this year if you look at the weapons around him. Yeah, I I agree. Another guy who stands out as too low to me is ninth round Tony Romo. Okay. We know they're going to have to have shootouts this year because of that defense. They've got Des Bryant, Jason Witten, DeMarco Murray, Terrence Williams. They've got a good number two tight end in Gavin Escobar. This all, and, all, and an awesome offensive line, as Mark has pointed out. They're going to score a lot of points in Dallas. I think people might just be concerned. I'm going to anchor my team to Tony Romo, and this, this is taking a couple weeks' worth of drafting. It's only last week that we saw him get on the field. Yeah, that might be one one guy that stands out for me, and I like him. I've had him before as my fantasy quarterback. Is Cam Newton? He's at number ten, but you know what? I think the I think the rushing is going to be down this season. He looked hmm. he looked to me like a different guy in terms of his mobility. Obviously, in the last preseason game, and I like uh, Benjamin at the wide receiver spot. But there's issues there. I'm not hmm. sure I would I would go that high with him. See, I disagree. I think he's undervalued there. Cam Newton, to me, again, he's another guy who would have been taken as the top two or three quarterback a year ago. For fantasy, I don't think think he's going to be that much worse this year. I don't think he's ever finished out of the top three quarterbacks in standard fantasy leagues. Yeah, he is a guy who's a better fantasy quarterback than a reality quarterback. 
and I guess the situation around him is worse this year. RG three is getting drafted ahead of him in fools. That's I could see why RG three is though really? with what they no, added. I, I RG three just to me I, until this he is learns your comeback player of the year. I I'm starting to sour <laughs> on him until he learns a baseball slide, which we all learn by age six. Until he learns that, I he's going to be an injury risk. See, the I, biggest injury risk in the league. I was going to do a rant on, wouldn't you rather, I've kind of come around to the fact that you should take sure things in fantasy more than we do. So many people are always looking for the positional scarcity and who's got the upside, and yet you pass on like a guy like Aaron Rodgers early in a draft when you know he's going to be incredible, right. maybe for a guy like Monty Ball. Who, who seems like a sure thing, but, you know, he might not be a sure thing. Or Marshawn Lynch, who's getting older. Or Giovanni Bernard, who I'm not sure about his role. Like, wouldn't you rather have a sure thing? Yeah, I don't – I never like this trend where all the fantasy experts have to agree that there's only one way to build a roster. You right. have to go running back in this round, or you can't go quarterback early. If you can't win a fantasy league with Aaron Rodgers in the second round as your quarterback – you need to get out of the fantasy business. <laughs> right, that's the thing. <laughs> I think fantasy drafts, when you look back at them at the end of your season, it's all about did I get good some value out of each pick? Like, did, did I have a lot of swings and misses? So even if you took Aaron Rodgers in your first round, it's not going to be a swing and miss. No matter what happens with your fantasy year, you're not going to look back and be like, oh, that's where I blew it. I should have taken that. You blew it. You know, that's not where you're going to blow it. So I think it's stacking guys that you know are going to help you. I look at this list too, and I when I and I you guys are the fantasy guys. I play occasionally for fun. I find it a little bit of an obscene uh, activity. You're to a little with. tired of fantasy. Let's I be honest. I just think no. All I, three of I, us are, aren't we? <laughs> tired of it would suggest that I once enjoyed it. I've never liked it the way you guys do. I don't think it's something our grandfathers would look at us and just laugh at us <laughs> that we spend time organizing teams That's around. Guaranteed. I mean, it's just absurd. But beyond that, because it's something that we pitch and we are involved in. I look at lists Teddy like this. Teddy Roosevelt is well, rolling we, over no, his grave. I chose to do this. I, right. I'm having fun right no, now. No, I'm this having fun too. When I build a team, though, that's I don't take it hyper seriously. I don't need to uh, you know, tweet out my lineup to 5,000 people. I love that because there are a lot of people who play in fantasy football who have your same attitude. Why would you not want to roster guys who you enjoy watching? Exactly. And that's why when I look at the quarterback, I go, who do I eliminate right off the bat? Everyone we talked Jay about Cutler. would be a candidate. Oh. But for me, Eli Manning. <laughs> He's gone. I would never anchor my <laughs> never. team around him. Getting drafted in the 13th round as about a mid-range backup. Number two, Sam Bradford. Are you kidding Come me? On. I mean, how do you walk around excited about this 16, 17-week operation How do you sleep at night with Sam Bradford as your fantasy quarterback? I don't get it. I, I got it. You guys TD. are making great points here. Again, that's another one of my advice. Go with guys you want to watch. Go yeah. with guys you that go. you're interested in watching. I'm not trying to watch Eli, Sam Bradford. All those I got guys, a sleeper. So great point. All right. A guy who's being drafted as a quarterback two, who I think could produce as a quarterback one. Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer. Really? Yeah. Well, I was joking. I love it. That's no, good. I do. Like, I think everybody's excited about John Brown, which is cool. You should be excited about him. Michael Floyd, breakout season. One thing I really like, and a lot of people aren't really talking about this, Larry Fitzgerald played through a pair of hamstrings mm. last year, and nobody really talks about that. I think he bounces back this year. And they're going to find out and I think they already know this, this myth of Andre Ellington running the ball like 580 ha. times this season, they're going to throw the ball all day long. And Ellington helps Palmer because he's such he might be the best receiving running back after Darren Sproles. Andrew Luck might be fun to take this year. Oh, sure. Fifth round's pretty he's fun all the time. Pretty reasonable. I'm loving Matt Ryan 
at the two guys that really stand out to me would be Matt Ryan at the end of the sixth round as a mid-range quarterback. I think he's going to have big numbers this year. And then you mentioned it, uh, Wes, Tony Romo. I mean, I could sit back and enjoy taking some running backs and wide receivers if, if I wasn't feeling the quarterback value. Take Romo in the eighth round, get a round ahead of it, and enjoy the touchdowns. Tony Romo is one of the most consistently great fantasy quarterbacks of the last decade. I don't see why that's changing. One other thing, and if you are a guy that drafts a quarterback real late and Russell Wilson's sitting, sitting there, I think you can get value on him because they're going to throw the football more this season. They've already started to do that. You've got Percy Harvin, potentially. Mm. I never trust him to last, but let's say <laughs> he does. They've, they're changing their offense a little bit. Bucky Brooks wrote a great piece about how they are going to start to expand that passing game, and he gives you stuff on his feet, too. One name, of course, we didn't see on the quarterback uh, rankings, Johnny Manziel. I guess uh, no one's buying into him. Or Brian Hoyer, for that matter. They're updated. Well, this list only goes to <laughs> 24. You oh, if this list went down to 75 or 80, you would see Brian Hoyer. All right, let's list. go to the money <laughs> position. <laughs> Running back. Uh, I'm going to give the you the money position. Yeah, it is. In, not in the NFL. Not in the NFL, <laughs> but in fantasy, these are the guys who get taken the highest. I'm just going to say the top 10 real quick. LaShawn McCoy, Jamal Charles, and Adrian Peterson. The big debate. Actually, let's stop right How there. How is Adrian Peterson not number one? That's that, crazy. Yeah, let's stop right there because that's the big debate. And I haven't seen a year quite like this in, a, in as long as I can remember where there's a three-way tie almost for – different leagues. Usually a consensus does form. Who would you take, Wes? Adrian Peterson should be drafted number one every single year. Yeah, until you're until you're the guy that takes him number one and that suddenly goes very badly for you, I would agree. Why would you? You know, you know, know who Jamal he is. Jamal Charles, come on. Jamal no Charles, one, forget no, it. No one it's has seen his offensive on, line? Yeah, it's not a knock on the no, other no, two. I agree. But. I, I had the number two pick last year in the one league. I'm down to one league now. And uh, I took Shady and at the time he was going six or seven and I love Shady. I mean, I think it's legitimate to draft a guy who had 2,000 yards and bring so much more in the passing game than Adrian Peterson over Peterson. I wouldn't really argue either way, but along those lines of take the guys who you like watching, I mean, I love watching both these guys as they get me wrong, but I love me some Shady. I'm fine with that. Take him first. Why not? You disagree? Well, it's your team. You should I, do what you what Yeah, I think you. you should do what you – I'm just saying I would <laughs> never take anybody but Peterson, number one. All right, after that, it's Matt Forte. Wow, the highest he's ever been, the, a top five pick, finally, because he's been delivering. Mark Tressman offense. And there's no competition for him at that position. And he's been delivering consistent numbers. He's a guy who's gotten overlooked too often uh, in the top ten of fantasy drafts because he's not quite as you know sexy or high Well, upside. there were a lot of years where Michael Bush was the touchdown but, vulture, too. It's true, but in the end, when you looked at the final stats, Forte would be there you know, as a top five uh, fantasy running back. Eddie Lacy's next. Marshawn Lynch still going in the top 10. DeMarco Murray, seventh at running back, starts off the second round in a lot of drafts. Monty Ball, Giovanni Bernard, and Arian Foster wraps up the top 10. Any any of those names stick out to you, what good or bad? What is going on with G- Giovanni Bernard at yeah. second round, yeah, fourth that pick? that concerns me. Really? A lot of hype, but... Jeremy Hill's, gonna s- Jeremy Hill's going to see the ball. It's basically a committee looked, backfield to some degree. Yeah. Hasn't looked great for, by all accounts. Not by all Didn't accounts. Didn't the but. Bengals tell us what they thought of Giovanni Bernard when they used a second-round pick on Jeremy Hill? Hmm. Wouldn't you take he's not Alfred? A, he's not take- a feature back. He's a... I love Giovanni Bernard, but he's not going to get the ball 25 times a game. I mean, they've got him two spots higher than Alfred Morris, who I, I, I would take Morris over Bernard. Anyway. Le'Veon Bell is... 
five, four or five spots behind Giovanni Bernard. Well, if we want to, if we can go down the list, sure, there, do whatever we, you we, want, well, baby. Down in the office, we talked a little bit. About this. They've got Reggie Bush at number sixteen, four spots ahead of Frank Gore. To me, that's offensive. <laughs> it, it, it is offensive. I agree. It, it, it's very offensive. What what's going on? Joyke Bell might lead the team in carries this year. I don't know about Marshawn Lynch in the top ten. Still, am I the only one who doesn't expect him to have? nearly as good a fantasy season as he did a year ago, which was already significantly down from the year before? Like, is all this off-season talk about Michael and now Turbin, was that just hot air? No one's buying it? I'm buying it. I would be. I would, I would hesitate a little bit. I still think if they need to lean on the guy, that's going to be who it is for them. But Turbin looked like a different player to me. He might be the, on offense one of the most improved players from where he was a year ago. And maybe if they get down the stretch and they're where we think Seattle will be, it's a smart bet to to bench Lynch, not bench him, but to rest him for stretches and let Michael and let Turbin play more. That's right when you're in your playoff season. Here's my big picture strategy. When those running backs are coming up, I like DeMarco Murray actually at that spot at the start of the second round. I'm for to- six games. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm going to take the risk. But instead of taking those running backs like Ball, Bernard, and I would even throw Lynch in there, you can still take A.J. Green. No, you can I'll... still take Des Bryant. You can take Jordy Nelson or Julio Jones. That's what I'm doing yeah. in that spot. When, I like those yeah, guys a lot the better. changing. When I look at this list, I had the exact same scenario as you. I want one of the top five running backs. I would hope to get a top five pick this year. Draft McCoy, Charles, Peterson, Forte, or Lacey. I agree. Ignore running backs. All these guys getting taken in the second and third round, too big of question marks. You go wide receiver second and third round back-to-back. I, I tend to agree. Other running backs going that early that you mentioned that are cross, that are question marks, Doug Martin, Le'Veon Bell, Zach Stacy going early in the third round. That's a little bit of a surprise to me. Andre Ellington in the middle of the third round. God, I love Andre Ellington, but I don't love him that much. That surprises me. I, I have to admit, I'm coming into this cold, but I think that's that's helpful, actually, because some things stand out. There's there's a weird logic. Why is Andre Ellington going in the top 30 picks? I think enough people have read the headlines over the year, but they haven't read or seen everything else, and he's been pumped up as much as any player in that division. Mm. Injury waiting to happen. I do, I do like him, but okay. there, I see a couple of absolute workhorses available in the fourth round. All right, who? Toby Gerhardt and Ryan Matthews. Yeah, I like Matthews Ga- is too low. Very, yeah, he's very like guys like Reggie Bush are getting taken ahead of Ryan Matthews. Well, What's up with that? that? I think that's I don't, I don't know if you're looking. That's if, if crazy. You're even looking at last year, why is Matthews not Rashad Jennings ahead well, of Ryan he Matthews? Because he doesn't catch any passes. But a they're lot such of a run-heavy offense. A though. lot of leagues are point per reception. I'm just saying that's the logic against Matthews. But I agree, that little fourth-round group, Gerhardt, Gore, and Matthews, I would just as well have any of those guys as the runners in the second round. That's the recipe. I guess we're saying go receiver. Here's here's how goofy Ryan Matthews and Frank Gore's rankings are. The guy behind behind them in ADP is Bishop Sankey, who's third on the Titans' depth chart. (laughs) Another a big product of hype, though, maybe for people just catching up, you know. Do you, do you guys um, trust in Zach Stacy as a fantasy guy? No, I would take nobody on that offense. Neither would I. What about Rashad Jennings going in the top forty? That's, I, that's really. I don't think Andre Williams that. is going away, and I know that a lot of Giants fans say that Coughlin doesn't play rookies. 
but he always has a tandem backfield. I hate that pick. And Andre Rashad Williams Jennings. is good. I don't like Rashad Jennings there either. I hate it. That's one of my – you can't take Rashad Jennings in the first four or five rounds. you got to get stuck with that. He's this year's Daryl Richardson. What are you doing drafting Daryl Richardson in your fantasy draft? <laughs> he, he's Why would year, you do that? He's, yeah. this year, he's not this year's Andre Brown. But at this time a year ago, I made the same rant on, on this very fantasy preview podcast saying people are insane taking Andre Brown in the seventh or eighth round because you got to bet on talent. You shouldn't bet just on situation. you got to pick players that are good – at football, <laughs> like that sounds stupid, but Rashad Jennings, he's okay. Which is which brings us to the guy who really stood out to me on this list, Trent Richardson, at fifty-eight. I I just can't see it because I just don't think he's very good. Well, it's telling that you know last year NFL Network's fantasy commercials featured Trent Richardson with a guy sitting on his shoulders or something. He couldn't have been more of a fantasy centerpiece. No running back's fallen farther than Trent Richardson, and I think all of us agree he hasn't fallen far enough on this list. I, I don't agree with it. Hmm. Greg and I agree. Wes does not agree. <laughs> well, yeah, we got it. Mark and I are right. I would I, not I'm not Trent. prepared to say he's bad at football. Mark and I were watching some of his rookie season highlights this morning. He was good at football. This is what happens when I come in a little late. You guys just watching T. Rich highlights. What happens is that we are ta- we are talking and writing about football. I thought that was our job. Your feet up on Mark's the desk. shift was prematurely started I'm, an hour I'm and a totally half. Totally joking. So. It's awesome. <laughs> I think his so his competition for carries is a guy coming off neck surgery, who never stays healthy. And Ahmad Bradshaw, Vic Ballard's out for the year. They don't have anyone else at running back. They're going to be a high scoring offense. I think they're going to use a lot of spread looks, which will help him against boxes that will be a lot softer this year. I think there is some potential for Trent Richardson to play a little better. What we saw this morning, looking at all his snaps from this preseason, is that when they run the pistol, he had his two best runs where mm. he's where it's a little bit of a different formation for them. But where I take up a difference with Wes a little bit is that, yes, it is absolutely true that the guy they, they traded the first-round pick for in Cleveland – was he wasn't the Alabama running back, but he still had explosiveness. He could catch the ball. He had yards after mm. contact. What I see now and what I'm seeing this summer is a shadow of that. Forget about him. I think you're chasing good money after bad here. That Everyone saw him as a top 10 pick last year, and I think just the name is getting people to draft him there. He's not battling Ahmad Bradshaw. He's battling all those little tippy toes that he's making as he's going up against up. To, he's battling maturity I issues, would. picking up the offense. We've we've heard stuff off the record um, about Richardson, and now his, it's on the record. Well, yeah. is he's you he's know what I'm saying? I'm not getting to behind. Yeah, yeah. He's being drafted behind Ben Tate and Chris Johnson. I would take Trent Richardson over both of those guys. I don't know about Tate. Well, let me ask you I this, wouldn't. West. Isn't that a setup for a very frustrating situation if you take Trent Richardson and he doesn't flip the switch as soon as week one? You're drafting him basically at the beginning of the sixth round. So he's your he second running your, back. He's well, not, you're I'd, not I'd building just, your roster about I would not want as a starter. I, would, you know, I, would, I would not want to rely You know who on. else is at the beginning of the sixth round? Tom Brady. And Matt Ryan's late in the round. Torrey Smith is the first pick average draft position in the sixth round. Jordan Cameron, Verdon Davis. All those guys are great at what they do. So at that round, I'm hoping I can still get a little more value. All I'm saying is if you can get a three-down running back in a high-scoring offense, sixth round's a good place to get it. All right, got to move this along. So let's look towards the end of the running back list. 
Uh, anywhere, sleepers. Anywhere after the seventh round, who are some sleepers or undervalued guys you like? I've found guy in the tenth round and a guy in the thirteenth round that will be on my roster if they are going here. I, I see that no Sean Moreno is in the tenth round. Is that your guy? That is not my okay, guy. Okay, I kind of had a Mark Ingram, if he's going to keep running like uh, Ryan Matthews in August of 2013, will be on my roster. Jonathan Stewart, 13th round, behind James White. Mm. Jonathan Stewart. I, wh- That's stupid. Don't draft James White, by the way. Draft a good football player like you said, Jonathan Stewart. Good yeah. football player, win healthy. Sure, he's an injury risk, but in the 13th round, he could be. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's a great. He's better than D'Angelo Williams. Write that down, people. Stewart in the 13th round. The, the same round that guys like Niall Davis and Ronnie Hillman and Lance Dunbar are going, give me a break. Give me some Jay Stu. Jay Stu. I think there was a year that I ranked him and D'Angelo Williams 12th and 13th. I remember overall that going into the year because it was the year they were – what a stupid – Smash ranking. and dash. See, that's why, that's why I'm doing this now. I got one for you. 11th round, you've already probably got your starting backfield. I should hope so. You do. I might, but you guys would. LeGarrette Blunt, why not? The guy is going to see more time than we think. That's my prediction. And number right. two, he's going to see he's going to see touchdowns. That's definitely a timeshare. Yeah. He he is a good fourth or fifth back because when your guys are on a bye, you just throw Blunt in there. You hope he basically gets a touchdown. You've got about a 50% chance he scores a touchdown in the week. And it's not going to cause a locker room problem because we know that these two running backs, they're friends. Right. They, spy, they spend time together off the field. Well, they're close. Well, you do want to think about the makeup of your fantasy team like that. Blunt is definitely a good guy to have at the team party. Um, <laughs> just a fun guy to have around in general. Uh, you know who I like at the end? It's right right along with you, Kiri Robinson. Kyrie. I, I guess Kyrie Robinson. I'm not quite buying the... Uh, the Mark Ingram experience. I'm also liking Chris Ivory that deep. I know he, he never can stay healthy for long, um, but I think he'd be a fun pick late. I think Darren McFadden, for the first time in my life, would be an interesting fantasy never. pick in the 10th round. You're not buying Mark Ingram, but you are buying Darren McFadden. I like what I've seen out of McFadden this preseason, yes. For a 10th round pick. But then you'd have to have a Raider on your team. I can live with that. All right. I like Wes's theory about... We don't pick players on from bad teams offense. that are built up essentially of bad players I, and are going to go three I wins. can guarantee you I will not have anyone from the Raiders, Browns, Bills. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't take Sammy Watkins? No. He plays in a bad offense. He's, he's the, got E.J. Manuel throwing right, to him. Last guy I'm going to say that you can't draft is Devontae Freeman in the eighth round. I like Devontae Freeman. I do, but that's too. too that's, why is he going that high? That's that, it, crazy talk. That seems totally bizarre. What All if right. you're in one of these uh, keeper leagues, though, or like a dynasty? Well, that's not what he's ranking. Okay. We're, we're doing it for redraft leagues, essentially. Yeah. We don't that's, have enough time to get into that. No, and, and that's what these average draft positions are not reflecting like a dynasty league or an auction. Give me, give me a break with me. Why am I even on this podcast? What? No, I'm kidding. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't even know the ground rules. Throwing here. out val- valuable <laughs> information here. Yeah, that was great because we never told our listeners what we're talking about. You're yeah. right. Ground rules. All today. right, let's go you, to White. Uh, you solved the Reggie Bush, pu- Reggie Bush puzzle. What? He doesn't need to be drafted that high. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's, that should be obvious to anyone that watches the Let's sport. go to receiver. It's a more stable position than it's ever been in NFL history and then in, in that in fantasy football history, too which is why I think load up early if you can. Uh, the top 10 is as big and consistent as I've ever seen. Calvin Johnson, Demarius Thomas, Des Bryant, A.J. Green, Brandon Marshall, Julio Jones, Jordy Nelson, Antonio Brown, Alshon, and Randall Cobb, number 10. 
anything stick out to you if you're drafting early of guys that you would target or stay away from? I think you're fine with any of those guys. I know. I noticed Can't that the uh, – Just forget the second-round running backs, seriously. Did the fantasy group think uh, Demarius Thomas is their guy this year, that he's better than everyone else? Yeah, that's strange to me. I would definitely take Des Bryant over him. I would definitely I would take too. A.J. Green. I would take Alshon Jeffrey over him, and Jeffrey's down at ninth. I you guess would take Alshon Jeffrey over Demarius Thomas? I love Alshon Jeffrey, yeah. That's crazy talk. I might Why? be willing to go Des Bryant So they're around the part. Take the guys you like. You should. Demarius Thomas is the number one receiver in Peyton Manning's offense, and they don't have Decker this year. They they spread their ball around, and they'll continue to. But Demarius Thomas does the same thing every year, like 1,412 TDs. That's fair. Alshon Jeffrey is a little bit more of a risk, but he is a wildly talented risk. I think he's just as talented as Demarius Thomas, and I think that offense is going to be pretty close to the Broncos in terms of yards. You don't think so? I can't get on board with Alshon Jeffrey over Demarius Thomas. I also love Jordy Nelson, early, Julio Jones. I'd rather have him than Demarius Thomas. I wouldn't put Thomas in my top five. I mean, I'd still put him in the second round, but I wouldn't put him in my top five. Wes Welker looks like he's about one hit away from retirement. I don't know if I'd be taking him in the fourth round. And then the other guy who's, who sticks out to me, Emmanuel Sanders is being drafted around the same group as Julian Edelman, Torrey Smith, T.Y. Hilton, and above Marcus Coulston and Mike Wallace. Has anyone seen Emmanuel Sanders play? <laughs> Sanders seems wildly high. Mike Wallace seems wildly low. And I'm not a huge Mike Wallace fan. but If you're taking Emmanuel Sanders over Mike Wallace, you're going to lose your fantasy football. I think that has to do with Because you're pe- not a very smart person. That has to do with people just seeing he's on Denver. For me, the, the one that I would not – I cannot fathom Victor Cruz at number 13. Mm. I like Cruz. That's but, another offense we don't want anybody right, in. In that Giants offense, I would never do that. I would flip him with T.Y. Hilton's all the way down to number 24. I think Hilton's only getting better. Yeah, love Hilton. Torrey Smith is way too low to start the sixth round. He could be a third-round type of value. Uh, Andre Johnson seems too low. I know he's older, but guy gets 1,500 yards every year. In the middle of the fourth round, I'm loving Andre Johnson. Brandon Cook's your boy, too high. I don't like him in the sixth round. I like him mm, better for I NFL than fantasy. Any, any final guys towards the end of a wide receiver you'd pick up? If I didn't have a, an embargo on the Giants offense, uh, Ribbon Randall looks <laughs> like a bargain in the ninth round. Yeah. I like the way Dwayne Bowe and Hakeem Nix are moving this year. Those guys in the ninth and tenth round, you might Nicks. be able to get some good wide, re- wide receiver two value there. I would not ever touch Miles Austin at 59. <laughs> that, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't. It's pretty I deep. You know yeah. why? He's been on the field a lot, and they can't even find him. He's, something's not clicking. Marvin Jones, that'd be a good guy to take in your last round of your draft and just stash him, especially mm. if you have an IR spot. He's going to be out for four or five weeks. I'm saying that would be a waste of a roster spot. Why? If you have an IR spot, especially you don't want to carry like, like a number four fantasy receiver. I, see, I, for I like him as a top six or seven round mm. guy if if he's healthy. Nick's is a perfect one. Bo is too low too. People people overrate when guys are going to miss the first week or two of the season. Uh, and that's what's happening with Bo missing one game for a suspension. He's still their number one receiver. Kenny Britt, number 50, 51. Come on. All right. Well, that's all the time we've got today. We're not going to get to the tight ends, but that's a big-time fantasy preview. There was probably more knowledge dropped in that fantasy preview than the entire season of Fantasy Live on NFL Network. How about that? Wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Of course. They do a great job. Everyone <laughs> should watch awesome. that. Michael Fabiano and Marcus Grant and – Adam Rank. Adam Rank and the whole crew, they're on TV every day. And uh, you can get all the daily lowdown from them. We'll be back with you on Monday, recapping preseason week number three. We're also going to preview the NFC 
on Wednesday next week as we gear up and get ready for the season. It is almost here. We love you. we got to get out of here. For Mark Sessler, Chris Wesseling, and TD, I'm Greg Rosenthal. We'll talk to you Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.